Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. We're learning Shmois Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Parashas Shmois today. The topic of our Aliyah is Moshe, the resistance. It is a longer Aliyah of 24 Psukim from Perik Gimel Tezayin to Dalad Yud Zayin. And let's take a look at a basic uh, overview and then jump into some questions. We're in the middle of the dialogue between Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem is asking Moshe Rabbeinu to go as his agent to free the people of Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu has asked two questions up till now. He said, who am I? And then, he's, and then he had asked, what's the name that I should present? Now Hashem goes into the next stage of the conversation. And he says, you should go and gather the elders of Israel. And you should say to them that Hashem has appeared to me. And I want to, I, I want to, eschem. I have remembered you. I'm coming to say and Hashem, and Hashem now tells Moshe Rabbeinu that I'm going to bring you to this land. That's the message that Moshe Rabbeinu has. And Hashem predicts that they will listen to you. They are going to believe in you and, they, and that Hashem spoke to you. And you're going to now go for three days into the desert, ask to sacrifice to Hashem. To, to Hashem. And um, I will also make sure that the Pharaoh won't listen to you and I'll send all my incredible wonders against the Egyptians. And at the end, you will leave not empty handed, but with a lot of riches and you will empty out Mitzrayim. So Moshe hears this and he says, they're not going to believe me. They said they're going to say Hashem didn't appear to you. So Hashem says, OK, well, I'll give you. Let me ask you a question. What's in your hand? Moshe Rabbeinu says a staff. So he says, well, throw it, throw it down. And it turns immediately into a, into a snake. Moshe Rabbeinu flees in front of it. Hashem says, grab its tail. He grabs its tail and turns into a stick again. Then he says, that's going to be a sign. And if they, they don't believe in that, well, there's another one. Take your, your hand and put it into your chest by under your clothes. He takes it out and it's now lepr it's, it's leprous. It has leprosy. It's sorais. Um, he returns it to his chest and, and it's back. It's regular. Uh, the flesh is returned. And finally, Hashem says, if they don't believe you again, well, take some water from the river and throw it onto the ground. It will turn into blood. So that's so Hashem now provides Moshe with three signs. Hashem, uh, Moshe then says to Hashem, Hashem, I'm not a man of words. I am hard of speech. Moshe has a speech impediment. Hashem says, but who's in charge of speech? Who's in charge of, of, of bodily function? I am. You should go and, and, and I'll tell you what you should say. Finally, Moshe Rabbeinu says one last ex excuse or one last um, resistance. He says, Please send it in the hands of another person. At which point Hashem grows very angry with Moshe. And he says, your brother Aaron Alevi is going to be coming and he's going to see you and he's very happy for you. You're going to tell him all these things and he will be your mouthpiece. He will speak for you and you are going to tell him what I'm going to say, going to say. so you'll be the prophet, he'll be the orator of, of this. And you should go and do all these miracles with the staff that I'm sending you. So really a very powerful, very uh, fascinating description over here in Aralia in this dialogue once again. Um, so it's it's interesting. There's a lot of, lot of things that one can think about um, when I'm trying, trying to understand this over here. And that is, is why is that Moshe Rabbeinu thinks that they won't believe him? So the one one thing which is much as most basic, the Joshua Saran Rabbeinu Nisim says, as, um, points this out, is that if this is the all-powerful, almighty HaKadosh Baruch Hu who wants to take them out of Egypt, then why is he saying there's going to be a three-day trip in the desert and borrowing vessels from their neighbors? It sounds a little bit disingenuous. If he wants to take them out and free them, then free them. Ba bang down the gates, destroy the, the, the walls and make them march out over the rubble. But to, to go for a three-day festival and, and borrowing sounds like it's less powerful, which perhaps seeds doubt as well. 
says, no, it's not about Moshe Rabbeinu um, saying that people wouldn't believe. It's really about himself. What he's saying is, if you and he points out the Ramamin, Hilchos, um, talks about what is the requisite requirements for a prophet. And among them are these great lineage and riches and power. There's all kinds of things so that the person won't be, won't be swayed. But in the end of the day, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I have none of that. That's what the aura that the Hayek Dover points out is now from the perspective of the people, Moshe Rabbeinu says, look, they're gonna they're gonna come in, they're gonna say, Oh, there was this fellow who grew up in the palace, mostly Egyptian, he saw this fight, then he really got he got involved in too many fights, ran away, and is now suddenly returning and says he's the messenger of God. Nobody's gonna believe me. It's not about them, it's not that they're bad people, it's just who am I? Who am I to really be the Messiah of God of God in this case? That's what the Hayek Dover um, suggests over here as well. So now, what is the meaning of those three signs? Hashem says three signs. Just to recap, there's the staff turning to a stake, a snake. There is the hand to get, getting tsaras, and there is also the um, water turning to blood. What is the meaning of these signs? So the Bukhar Shor says a very fascinating thing. He says that these actually reflect the state of Israel in their current place. Number one is is the snake. The snake is a reflection of the the primordial snake in the Garden of Eden that created the curse of What Hashem is essentially saying is, I know that you're in a state of terrible, hard, back-breaking labor, and I'm going to be able to transform that place as well. The Tsaras is also, the idea of this leprosy is, um, is about the future um, um, plagues that are going to be sent against the Pharaoh. That's the idea, the representing of the next stage. And finally, the last stage is the blood turning, the water turning into blood. And this is going to be an idea about the plagues of death, which are going to be brought about them, even um, finding uh, ending in um, the Bamakas Bukhari. So this is sort of a, a, a um, framework of what's about to happen as well in the future. However, Rashi says that there's an element of reprimanding that's going on over here. The primary target over here is also Moshe Rabbeinu being able to understand because the idea of him perhaps doubting whether the people would believe him was seen as a sin. And therefore the stick is that he says, as Rashi points out, is The staff, you should be beaten because of your suspecting innocent people not doing the right thing. The snake, is, uh, is also the snake of Lashan Hara, of, of evil speech, and the Tsaras is the punishment for Lashan Hara. That is, means to say that ultimately Moshe Rabbeinu is being reprimanded. The signs are not just to show that he's, he is a prophet, but it's also to show Moshe Rabbeinu that perhaps he should have had a little more belief in the people themselves, even though he think, thought that they themselves didn't believe. Now, another question to ask is, is Moshe's, uh, is Moshe's speech or lack of speech, a deficiency. So it seems like that he, the way he's presenting it is, yes, it is a deficiency. People won't believe me because, or it's very hard for me to communicate because of my speech impediment. The Maral says, actually, no. In fact, it's the opposite. Moshe Rabbeinu's speech impediment is the greatest sign of his success because in the end of the day, there are, we know in history there are many leaders who were extremely good orators and they were terribly evil human beings. And they were able to rile the crowd up and get people to do all kinds of unthinkable things because of their fiery speeches and their brimstone that they that they they brought through brought down from the heaven in their speeches essentially. Moshe Rabbeinu was not that. Moshe Rabbeinu was a person who would be valued for all eternity by all religions, essentially all monotheistic religions, because of his content and values, not because of the way he delivered it. So even though Moshe Rabbeinu uses it as a reason that people won't believe him, ultimately it is something which actually reflects something of the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu as well. Um, another question is, what does it mean when Moshe Rabbeinu says, Shlach tishlach, send in the hands of another? It doesn't sound like there's an argument there. What's the logic of that argument? Says Rashi, what he says is, send in the hands of Aaron or somebody else. 
you're coming into Israel, which is strange. Why? Why Aaron? What's what's this, what, what does it have to do with? So the the Alter Slabatka used to say that that Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned about hurting his brother. He was concerned that look, I'm the younger. I didn't spend time in Egypt as much. I'm not the. I, I don't have as a seniority and this perspective. How would it be that now suddenly I become this leader? And even at the stake, the, the, the at the stake of the sale salvation of Klal Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu is not willing to hurt his brother as well. The Ramban says that it comes down to the most basic hallmark trait of Moshe Rabbeinu: for Ish Moshe Anav Meod Mikol Adam, that Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble person, and for a humble person, it is very painful to have to accept this and he just keeps pushing it off. He cannot do it. And this is not about an argument of a particular logic. This is just that Moshe Rabbeinu in character says, this is not who I am, which is why he pushes it off one more time. Finally, one last question is, what is the connection between Hashem's anger and then we're sending Aaron, Aaron Achicha Halevi, that Aaron's going to, your brother's going to be coming up. Rashi says that you thought that Aaron was concerned about you being the leader. You thought that it was going to hurt him. Well, that's not the case. He's actually very happy. That's the first thing that's been conveyed. That's the in Shabbos Kuf Lamentes. And Rashi says, you never have a Charonaf in the Torah that doesn't have a implication, a, a, a some sort of residual effect. So the Gemara in Zochim um, is, is quoted here in Kuf Beis, which says that Yeshua ben explains that that's why Moshe Rabbeinu actually lost the intended Kahuna. He was supposed to also be the high priest, and because he kept pushing off, Hashem partially listened to him by taking away part of the leadership which would ultimately be endowed to Aaron, his brother, not to him. He would be the governor, he would be the king, but he would not be the priest. And that was what's happening because of his pushing away leadership. It was perhaps too much pushing away. The Malbim has a little bit of a different perspective on this, where he says that ultimately when you have a dual leadership, where you have one is the communicator and one is the prophet, that's all very nice, but at the end of the day, it still means the message is being diluted one more step. There's still one more space for interpretation and presentation. That being the case, Hashem's message would be less strong when it's through that interlocutor. And that why is why Hashem is upset, even though he does acquiesce and allows Aaron to be part of the team as well. With this, we conclude the fifth aliyah in Pasha Shmos. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.